Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Yeah, so first off, I want to start this by just saying thank you for being here and doing this with me. That um, I haven't had a person like you on yet, and I believe with your background, and it's going to get me out of my comfort zone because I've always felt like I've had issues, well, not issues, but just not been very comfortable talking about dating and matchmaking and stuff like that. So, and I've, I'm a firm believer in you know, you're getting out of your comfort zone. This is how you'll grow. Yeah. So you might have to bear with me a little bit during this conversation, but um, I think it should be good. It should be exciting. I hope. Good. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, good. So um, I'm Dr. Holly Beatty. I am a psychologist, matchmaker, and dating coach. And I help, I empower conscious single men and women to find and keep the partner of their dreams and co-create the best relationship they've ever had. Nice. So you're a clinical, you're, you have your doctorate in clinical psychology, correct? Yeah. <laughs> so was this an area, you know, of dating, matchmaking, you kind of wanted to explore and that's the reason you went down psychology or is this something you just picked up along the way or? No, good question. No, I, um, I figured out, well, my high school counselor actually told me that she thought I should be a counselor. So, um, that kind of stuck with me. And when I was in college, I started, I had my eye on grad school because in order to do clinical work, you have to have a graduate degree. So, so I set my sights on being a therapist and then decided I'd be a doctor. And then no, I had no idea that I was going to end up here. (laughs) None. And uh, even after, you know, I, got my doctorate and did all my hours and training and dissertation and all of that. Mm. Um, I still had no idea that I was going to end up here. It took quite a while to find this niche. I I really admire people who do go for their dissertations and their doctorate just because I went through my master's and yeah. And I went through the the internship route instead of doing my thesis part, just because it scared me. And You know, like I said, now I wish I could go back and kind of redo it just to have that in my back pocket. But um, but also at the time, I was like, well, a doctor, it's never going to benefit me and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I guess, you know, I, I was, I'm not the same person I was five years ago. I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago. And mm-hmm. I've learned a lot on this little journey that I'm doing. So but anyway, I guess that's neither here nor there. So. So how does it work? So if somebody's wanting to 
be set up. You know, I'm a single guy. Like, how I'm come to you for help, online dating, and all that good stuff. Yeah. How does it work? Where do we start at? Yeah. Well, we start with getting crystal clear on who your ideal partner is. Because what I find is that so many people aren't exactly sure what they want and most importantly, what they need. We tend to think more about what we want as opposed to what we need, but we tend to be happiest when we have when our needs are met. So we start there. And I have um, quite a few matchmaking worksheets um, that I give my clients to start with to really hone in on the qualities and the values and activities and the list is long. Um, Physical traits, you know, those are important too. You get to, you know, choose hair color, eye color, height, education, ethnicity, geography, you know, all of it. So we get really, really clear from the get-go about who your ideal partner is. And so once we get clear on that, um, then we um, market you, you know, essentially. We brand you um, to attract that ideal partner. Okay. I mean, yeah. do you think that, you know, not enough people, you kind of, I think you already kind of said it, but just don't really know what they want. They think they know. And just yeah. because they see two or three data points let's say, and you know, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. she's attractive. She has a good job. He or she, and yeah. that's all they see. And they go after that. Then they, you know, they fully invest into this and they think everything's going to be just fine. Then two months later, it's like, Oh, I thought that's what I wanted, but you know, like for a better word, it turned into a shit show. (laughs) Yes, it can. (laughs) And and I guess that's what I'm asking is that, is that just because, you know, we see everything or when I say we, I mean, humans see everything on the outside. Then, like I said, there's two or three data points and they think immediately Rob set for life. This is the one I'm going to marry. Right. Yeah, it can. I mean, we tend to overvalue looks in our culture. We tend to undervalue character. Um, But, you know, looks, unfortunately, aren't sustainable. So to have a relationship that is primarily about looks and attraction and chemistry, when that variable is not sustainable, is problematic. Whereas character, on the other hand, is far more sustainable. Um, It tends to make us more attracted to our partners over time. Um, And so... Yeah, it's not to say that attraction isn't important. That is a key component. We want to be attracted to our partners. Um, but there's so much more that we need than just that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's you, you said it best. Just, I don't know if it's due to social media or, like I said, our culture and society, but people think that, oh, I got to have, you know, a trophy wife in order to be not necessarily successful, but to know that I guess I made it in life and that's what – you know, I want to show off to my friends and what, but there is a difference in that. You know, there's, to me, I would think there's somebody, yeah, that's cool and all, but you not making an actual connection with that. It's like a temporary fix. Mm-hmm. You're saying mm-hmm. that down the road, I don't know if somebody, and, and I'm generally speaking, I mean, I'm not speaking from personal experience, but then you get down the road and you realize, I think, I guess it's not what it was meant to be. And then I was like, maybe I'll learn from this experience that, okay, not only looks, but I got to find somebody that I can feel like I have that connection with. And I don't know how you build that connection, whether it's just through doing the same things, having deep, meaningful conversations, you know, doing the same 
hobbies, I guess, but mm-hmm. oh, this kind of makes sense what I'm trying to say. I feel like I'm starting yeah. to lose the point. Okay. No, it does. You know, the other thing that um, people often don't know about when they're looking for love is they don't know what to weigh heavier than something else. Mm. You know, there's, there's all these different variables. There's looks and education and oh, yeah. um, character and interests and, you know, the list goes on. And so we often don't know, you know, often people lead with their interests online. Mm-hmm. You know, I love tennis and I like basketball and, you know, I'm looking for a woman who can enjoy these same things with me. Um, nothing wrong with that, but you're going to need more than that, right? Just, I mean, because what if somebody gets injured and all you have in common is tennis? Yeah. And so, you know, what else do you have left? So, um, yeah, so it's really important to weigh, you know, the things that matter most that create the longest lasting happy, healthy relationships over time. Do you think people are not fully truthful when feeling or, you know, saying their interests and they just are kind of saying what sounds good just because, you know, I, I, you know, I work with people, you know, I coach CrossFit a little bit on the side and train and all that, you know, and when I ask people what their diet is, mm-hmm. cause you know, they're always asking like, Oh, I want to lose weight. I want to do this. Like, so, you know, what are you eating? What'd you have for dinner today? They kind of make up something better than what they actually just because it sounds good at the time you know and then then i guess you know to put this together then you know they say like i like tennis they like hiking but then when they start to do stuff they're like i don't really like this shit (laughs) (laughs) the last time you actually did those things yeah you know and it's just like it sounds it sounds good on paper you know and then it's just then that's on the beach yeah that yeah long walks on the beach (laughs) (laughs) that would you know, immediately deter me off just because it's like, well, why don't you write that down? You know I mean? Because, you know, my form is, or biggest thing is like, you know, put yourself out there, be upfront about everything. You know, don't have any skeletons in the closet. I mean, I know that's probably easier said than done. I don't know. But I feel like kind of what we're saying that going down the road, all this stuff starts to come out and you're just wasted three or six months or however long you invested, you know? Yeah, definitely. It definitely bodes better for everyone involved if we are authentic from day one. Mm-hmm. Do you know who uh, Bert Weinstein is? No. He's a, he's an author. He was a professor of biology at like Evergreen College or something. But anyway, uh, my point is that he actually did a study on hotness versus beauty and mm-hmm. trying to I guess coincide with people to explain the difference. And I, I forget how the end of the study, it's been a while since I've actually heard this, but uh, a lot of people could explain the difference between hotness and beauty. You know, he asked somebody like, think of a beautiful person, you know, but don't think of a hot person. And mm-hmm. I guess, and he kind of made the analogy of that where, you know, you see these Instagrammers who they're, you know, have, you know, million likes and, you know, they're only making money off their beauty and all that, which I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. That's great if you can do it. No big mm-hmm. deal. But, you know, but I think his argument was that, well, in 50 years, what's going to happen? You know, I mean, do you want somebody who's like we're talking about looks a little bit, who's going to look like you'll be the 12 out of 10 or something like, oh, I see you're as beautiful inside and out. Yes. So, yes. That's an interesting delineation. Yeah, I, I may I may have butchered that a little bit. So I'm going to I'll look back on that. But anyway. Yeah. But an interesting concept for sure. Yeah. And, and that is a great question you posed about. Yeah. Fast forward 50 years what is this going to be like and what will we have, what we have in common. And 
And going down this road right now, so do you know what assertive mating is? Assertive mating? I think it's what it's called. And it's basically the way it was put to me and the way I read it was that I did a little research so I could, you know, make sure I have some good talking points with you. But um, it's basically same birds, birds of the same kind flock together. Mm-hmm. So if you're a woman who is six foot tall, you're probably on a date, obviously six foot taller or taller men. Mm-hmm. Or whatever your preferences, and you know, and it kind of goes for like if you're really high, highly educated, you know, you're really only going to set. It's almost like having a standard. You're only going to set yourself up of only dating, you know, highly educated men who are very successful and blah blah blah. And I'm and you just put that all together. Is that what you kind of see in your field that um and in, in your work that that's what most people are kind of going after instead of just I guess having standards, you know, which mm-hmm. I'm saying you should have standards. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, we live in a, a more polarized society now than we have in years past. And so it does seem that people are looking for people who are like them. You know, they want to share similar values. They want to share similar goals, family background, lifestyle. We tend to feel more comfortable with people who are like us. Okay. And um, and we tend those relationships tend to fare better over time as well. So um, so that's actually a good thing. Um, there are certain things that we want to complement as opposed to match. Um, introversion, extroversion is one of those things. You know, if you're both bookworms, um, you know the energy might not be so balanced. If you're both talkers, it's like you might have a hard time getting it word in edgewise. And um, so that can be a nice thing to have complementary as opposed to the same. Yeah. But all in all, relationships tend to work better when we share more in common. That is true. Yeah. You know, I mean, I feel like I don't want to say, you know, the word trial, but I, if you go back to our primitive instincts or whatever you want to think about. Yeah. I mean, I always tend to hang out with more people who have the same obviously values and morals and hobbies that I do. And that, and even if you look at my past dating life, that seems to kind of what, you know, I've always done too. And it it works for me, but you know, I think you also have to have those relationships that, you know, kind of what we just said earlier that, uh, that don't work out, but you kind of know from your experiences and that, okay, this is what I like and this is what I don't like. And that's, even though, you thought the girl was your gold medal, you know, you might find the next one that would hopefully be your gold medal. But yeah, I mean, I agree that, you know, I mean, you you don't want to be around with somebody with the complete opposite. I would think that you want somebody to be able to share the same interests and share the same values in life. Yeah. Well, we often hear that opposites attract, you Uh know, and and they do tend to, um, but they tend not to last. You know, it's hard to be with someone who thinks very differently from you and values very different things from you. So, yeah, we definitely tend to um, be happier. Relationships tend to last when we have a lot in common. Is that do you think just because that people need to be challenged in a relationship? So they want to have something in common, but they also want to have somebody who challenges them on, you know, not just their everyday habits, but, you know, their knowledge and, you know, I guess their status quo and, you know, learn to be successful and rather than just going in through the same basic stuff day, you know, day by day. And, but, you know, if you have somebody challenging you, you're not going to get bored, I guess. And that, that kind mm-hmm. of keeps everything interesting and keeps, I guess, the flow of the love and the building yeah. relationship better. Hopefully I said that right. Yeah. 
Well, it depends on the person. Some people really want that, yeah. you know, um, and other people don't. Like someone who's going more for a trophy wife mm-hmm. um, probably doesn't care about that as much. It probably isn't as important to them. Um, but someone who is sapiosexual, someone who um, is turned on by intelligence yeah. um, would want something, you know, a partner like that. Um, that can challenge them, that can bring new things to the relationship, new experiences that would be important to someone like that. So it just, it's really individual, you know? So, you know, when we do the checklist checklist and do all that good stuff, you just got to kind of really get to know the person and to say, all right, well, you're going to be different from person A from person B. So we're going to have to go down a completely different road in order to match or get, you know. Oh yeah. Everybody's, it's a customized search. So it's very, very, um, personalized and very specific. Yeah. I don't doubt it just because, I mean, do you see that people are just kind of going for the same types all the time when they're Mm -hmm. writing down their checklist and all, you know, it's yes, you look at all their X's and they all look the same. (laughs) You know, some people have a, have a type, you know, and nothing wrong with that, but sometimes it kind of pigeonholes us into what we're looking for. And sometimes our type is a physical type as opposed to a personality type or values type. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it can really limit who we consider as a real possibility. And so my job when I work with my clients, matchmaking and coaching, um, is to really make sure that the bar is high, but that it's not too high so that nobody actually qualifies. So we want to make sure that, you know, if you're interested in women who are blonde, are you also, could you also be interested in a brunette? Like, I want to make sure that the parameters are wide enough so that enough people qualify so that we can really vet um, based on your ideal partner for the things that really, really matter long-term. Do you think that people should date outside of whatever their type is, you know, just because, you know, kind of what I said that earlier mm-hmm. that, you know, having a conversation like this is, you know, I felt like it was going to be pretty tough for me just cause I never do it. And so that's why I wanted to do it to get out of my comfort zone and learn, you know, I learned from stuff like this. So, yeah, I mean, you think you should have, you know, not necessarily have to go on that type, but you just experience like, Hey, you know, I might not like brunettes or blondes or whatever your preference is, but you should at least try it, you know, and just see. Yeah, I definitely think that being open-minded is a good thing when dating. And, you know, most of the time before people work with me, they're not that intentional when it comes to finding love, um, defining their ideal partner, um, how to navigate dating. We tend to apply strategy to the other parts of our life, finding a job, um, building wealth. Um, working with a personal trainer, you know, we have very defined goals, but with love, we kind of think you're either lucky in love or you're not, Hmm. and it'll just happen or it doesn't. And so there's a lot of kind of whimsy and um, we leave it up to chance and we tend to be more passive when it comes to our love lives. But when we apply more intentionality and more strategy around it, it is amazing what can happen. Is that just because of, I guess, a social norm? I mean, you know, like you said, wealth and knowledge, you know, growing mm-hmm. up, you know, I was, you're not taught how to love, I guess. You know, you, I guess you kind of experience that through, uh, you know, your parents and your, your household that you grow up in. And right. 
yeah, random life experiences like puppy dog love and right. Uh, yeah, like, definitely. We're never really felt that. Yeah, not at all. And so, um, yeah, you're right. We pick it up from our family of origin. We pick it up from you know our trial and error relationships. We pick it up from our friends, their advice. Yeah. Um, there's no classes in school on it. You know, I went to the end of the line. I never took a class on love. I, um, <laughs> I would have had there been one. Sure. I just created one myself a couple of years ago. So now there is. Um, but one of the reasons I created my Love at Last Masterclass is because, because there wasn't a class on love. And most people think that love just happens mm-hmm. and it's actually learned like how to find love, how to date successfully and effectively, it's a skill and it's learned. And so that's why I created a class because, um, you know, it encourages us to embrace our authenticity, to use our voice, to, you know, harness our power, to really show up in our authentic selves, to co-create, you know, the best relationship that we've been imagining. Yeah. I mean, I'm just now thinking about, you know, if we would have had a class like that growing up, I mean, how different would we actually look at love? And now that, you know, with social media and dating apps and, you know, obviously pornography, I mean, some people, and I've talked about it on here before, but, you know, they see those images and videos and they think that's what love is. And, you know, at a young age, you know, the mind is a a sponge, obviously, and they pick that up like, oh, this is what love is. This is, you know, what I'm going to do. You know, um, you know, I was watching, uh, it's called Euphoria on HBO Max. It's like one of their most popular shows. I don't know if you've seen it, but they had a, it's it's basically a bunch of kids, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll and and everything. But anyway, one scene that you know they're getting ready to have their first time, you know, first intimate relationship, but the guy starts choking her or whatever, and the girl's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Well, this is what I saw. This is what I thought it was." And she's like, "No, I don't. You know, I don't like that and stuff." But it was just like, boom. I mean, this guy because he and he was like, you know, referencing porn stuff in the beginning of the episode. It's like, hey, this is what he thinks it is. I mean. Yeah. I mean, it can't be like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I shouldn't probably be touched on it a whole lot, but yeah, that's not what most, obviously it's not what it is. Yeah. yeah. They don't know the difference. Right. And they project what they think it should be onto a future partner and, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I said dating apps and, you know, if we go back to the sixties and I mean, maybe not even before then, but I don't even remember when birth control came out, but was that just, you know, I guess the time that when people thought, you know, I guess free love and just that, you know, it's not that really big of a deal anymore because you don't really have to worry about getting pregnant. And just that's what kind of started taking, I guess, relationships away. Rather, people were just like, oh, we can just, you know, have sex and not worry about it, you know, be be done. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, but what is the cost of, you know, sex at the time? You know, I mean, how is it going to mentally and physically impact somebody just because they think they're having fun and this is what it is, but it wasn't, you know, somebody got a deeper feeling out of it, you know, and, but I guess, I mean, should we blame that? I mean, partly, I don't know. Oh, there's, there's probably a lot of, a lot of things we could blame, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I think, you know, perhaps more importantly, thinking about the solution and, you know, what is it that, you know, so many of us have a dream for love in our hearts, you know, like we have a vision of our future partner, or at least how they're going to make us feel. And um, I think it's really important to lean into that, you know, because it's there for a reason, just like, you know, our passions, 
are there in our heart. Mm -hmm. And some of us pursue them and some of us don't. But I think it's really there for a reason. It's there as kind of an internal GPS, if you will, for who your ideal partner is. And ideally, as we go through life, we're learning from each experience and each relationship about what worked and what didn't work. And there's a treasure trove in each of our paths about what worked and what didn't work. And that ideally informs our partner choices moving forward. Are you, that internal thing you talk about, you think, are you kind of talking about the law of attraction? Or do you mm. believe in that? I'm a big proponent of law of attraction. Really? Yeah, definitely. Is definitely. that just because, you know, of studies and this or, you know, life experiences that you've had? And you're like, ooh, you know, because sometimes, you know, I'm not, I'm on the fence about it because sometimes I will, you know, be thinking about stuff and it's like, oh, that happened. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I was actually thinking about it internally and I never told anybody else. And it was like, is that just weird that the, universe and everything matched up, I guess, or whatever to come together. So yeah, I mean, I guess part of it, yeah, there's something to it. Yeah. Um, I've certainly had my own experiences that validate it for sure. And my clients as well. Um, yeah, I think it's really powerful. I think our, our beliefs are incredibly powerful. You know, what we focus on grows. Mm-hmm. We focus on the negative that tends to grow. If we focus on the positive that tends to grow. And I think, you know, Making sure that our beliefs are aligned to our ultimate goal is really important because we don't get what we want in life. We get what we believe. Interesting. Yeah. We don't get what we want in life. We get what we believe. It's interesting. I've never heard that before. Yeah. It's really powerful. It is. Yeah. What's great is, is that we can cultivate our beliefs, the ones that we, that we want to have. You know, because most of us have, you know, maybe some limiting beliefs that we'd like to shed or leave behind that maybe don't serve us. Um, It's hard to be of this world and not have some of that. Um, But the more that we cultivate the ones that we prefer to have and the ones that are aligned with what we ultimately want in our dreams, the faster we tend to manifest it. I like that. Um, Yeah, just... Again, because I've had certain life experiences like that, you know, I've thought about and, you know, if you want to say beliefs and memories or future endeavors or whatever, and like, you know, stuff has happened. And it's like, did I just manifest that? I mean, and sometimes I wonder if I should believe in manifestation and if most people actually even do believe in manifestation. I mean, do you think it's like a 50-50 thing in the population of the world that some people just believe or some people just say it's, you know, complete shit? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what the numbers are on it, but, um, you know, I think it's kind of fun to experiment with and just kind of see what your experience is, you know? Yeah, it's like you said earlier, you know, being open-minded. I mean, I don't think you should completely shut it off, but again, that's one thing, you know, you know, when talking, you know, doing podcasts and talking with people like yourself, you know, I want to be open-minded just because, you know, I'm learning new things and I don't want to be completely shutting down one complete fact or whatever figure, whatever you want to say, just because, you know, obviously, you know, something probably more than I do and mm-hmm. learn something from it, just like you said, you know, and but yeah, I feel like that's what a lot of people, you know, give pushback on is just because everybody wants to be right. So then they tend to, you know, say, like, well, my way's right. Then that just completely rejects other people from their lives. And, and I'm not saying I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I think you just in this in the world we live in now, I guess is my point is that I think you almost have to be open minded 
Mm-hmm. Maybe it's very situational, yeah. but I think you do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And and yeah. not and, and not married to your ideas necessarily, just because, you know, I've talked about it on here before, but it's almost information overload for, you know, people nowadays, just because of, you know, screens and podcasts yeah. and you got news and documentaries and it's just I mean, I don't think I don't think our brains were wired for all this. I mean, maybe they were. I mean, maybe Elon Musk could tell me different, but um, but he's on a different planet anyway. But yeah, I mean, and I don't know if all that stuff actually gets in the way from people looking for love and, uh, you know, and again, blocks their beliefs out and what they really think. And they're only thinking just because of what, you know, again, like, you know, what social media says is what you want and what you need to look for in a person. And just because, you know, one of your role models or Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Yeah, you're looking up to says, okay, that's what they did. Maybe that's what I need to do. That's the type of person I need to have in my life. Yeah, I think it's so important that we are conscious of what we believe um, so that we can cultivate the mindset that we really want that is really going to support the life that we want and the love that we want. Um, Yeah, and that's fully within our power to do that, you know. I mean, I talk to people every day about their love lives and, you know, I hear their limiting beliefs right away. You know, Um, it's interesting because we're at a time right now, I was just writing a post earlier today, that we have greater access to the dating pool than we ever have before. Right. And yet there's still tons of limiting beliefs out there about, um, excuse me, um, that all the good ones are taken. Oh yeah. You no, know, that there aren't that many good partners left out there. Um, that we're too old for love. You know, there's I, I could go down a laundry list, but those are the ones I hear the most. I mean, they're too old. The good ones are all gone. There aren't that many left. There's no good men in my city. You know, <laughs> I hear that a lot. I'm in San Francisco, so I hear that a lot about San Francisco. Oh, yeah. Um, I met my husband here. You know, um. So I just think it's so important to audit, you know, one, make conscious our limiting beliefs and audit them and and really cultivate the ones that we really want because we tend to get in life what we believe. So if we think that all the good ones are gone, guess what our experience is going to be? They're gone. If we think there are no good men left in our city, that's probably going to be our experience. You know, that, that's a good point that I also wanted to bring up that just because my friends and I have talked about this, you know, over dinner that, you know, I'm from, I'm completely on the other side of this country from you. I'm in Virginia. Okay. Um, very rural area. Um, mm-hmm. You know, literally 
you know, small towns, very all, a lot of farmland, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But this geographic location play on the dating life. And, you know, our arguments were, yeah, because, you know, the nearest city to me is Charlotte, North Carolina, which is two and a half hours. And you got D.C., which is three or four hours. And mm-hmm. then, but, you know, but it, in San Francisco, I could not imagine somebody say, well, there's nobody. I don't know what the population of San Francisco is. But I mean, is that just, again, just people making excuses just because I guess this is a two part question, you know, does geographic location play a lot onto it and that. Crap, now I lost my train of thought and that. Okay, that gets my first question. I lost my second question. Okay, we'll, yeah. we'll start there. Yeah, I'll get it back. I'm sure, it'll come back to you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, geographic location is important. I've um, <clears throat> for sure. I mean, we live in a in a in a practical world, right? In the real world, and geography does have a place. Um, I had a colleague years ago who said, "I'm really ready to find my ideal partner." They were in the Bay Area. I think there's eight million of us here, so it's a lot of people not all single of course but um and they said you know i'm open to finding my ideal partner as long as they live within a 10 mile radius of me (laughs) and when i heard that i thought oh you can't be that serious about finding love we're only willing to drive 10 miles to find it in a cosmopolitan area that has 8 million right you know, so I usually encourage people to widen their radius and diameter of, you know, the geographic location they're looking. And in your case, because you're in a rural town, pretty far from any metropolis. Yeah. yeah um, keeping that area somewhat wide, closest mm. maybe to the next metropolitan city. Possibly, if you're open to that. Yeah, I mean, um, you're just going to have more options. Sure, is all. sure. Yeah, definitely. Exactly and that was, I guess, our argument was that, yeah, obviously, if we lived in one of those metropolis cities, that you know, we'd probably have better luck. And just because, and I guess, should also clarify that, you know, I'm, I'm in a college town. I mean, if it's not for the college here, it would be nobody, you know, in this yeah. town, obviously. But and that's another, like, you know, in talking about, you know. There's nobody out there. I'm, you know, there's nobody my age or too old or whatever excuses. But I think there's a disconnect because, you know, my family will, you know, when we sit down together and whatever family get togethers and I get the whole, you know, why aren't you married yet? Where's you? How come I don't have any kids and all that? It's like, all right, whatever. But, you know, if I, I think I've said something like, well, you know, I just, it's probably the town I live in. And their argument is, well, you live in a college town. I can't understand why you can't find some, you know, sweet little girl down there. And it's like, well, you know, listen, you know, I mean, I don't know how it was back in the day, you know, but I'm 36 and I think it's kind of weird dating, you know, a 22 year old. And, you know, and that's what I'm saying. And that's what I'm saying, you know, and plus, like we were saying earlier, my values, my beliefs don't actually line up. You know, my whole college days are over with now, but they're, mm-hmm. but they're all going to say, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter what age and stuff like that. It's like, it kind of does. to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the piece, right? To you. Yeah. And, and it only has to work for you. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it just, you know, and you hear on, you know, movies and TV where I have heard that, you know, there's a rule dating half your age plus seven. And that's just something stupid I've heard. I don't know how true that is. Yeah. yeah but, um, but again, yeah, that's just, I know that I'm just setting myself up for a failure right there if I did something like that. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. so you know yourself. Yeah. You know that that's not going to work for you, that you're in a phase after that. Right. Yeah. So it's good to know about yourself. And then, you know, I've told him, I don't want to be the guy at the college bar that's 
you know, 50 years old, 60 years old, still trying to hit on young mm-hmm. college girls or whatever you're attracted to. And so yeah. I don't, that's not me, you know, I don't want to turn mm-hmm. in to that guy and that, you know, and also when I was talking about, you know, role models and stuff that, you know, some of the people I, f- I felt like I looked up to in life were people who were like that, you know, they were the, you know, the cool person on the block, like the Zach Morris's that were just going through life, you know, everything was working for them. You know, they weren't necessarily tied down and just kind of dating around and like, cause that was, seems like when, you know, growing up in the eighties and nineties, those cool action movies and mm-hmm. like, you know, the, Oh, these are the cool guys. He gets, you know, James Bond gets all the ladies and stuff. And I was like, Oh yeah, they're so cool. You know? And I think it puts a false narrative. Like I was talking about earlier on people at a young age and mm-hmm. I learned from that though. So yeah, just mm-hmm. know about that. Yeah. But yeah. Maybe, maybe that's a problem with society today. Just too much false narratives or you just got to make your own narrative. I don't know. Yes. Yes. Well, Hollywood, we learn a lot from Hollywood and movies, you know, about love and what we should want. And, you know, it's, it's, it goes pretty deep. But, but you think now is the best time for dating? Mm. Um, it's an interesting time for dating. It's, it's a really good time for dating in light of, we just had two years of pandemic and a lot of people aren't with the partner that they started the pandemic with anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people, when we have these unprecedented, you know, major international crises, um, we tend to reevaluate our values in our lives. And um, so a lot of people are looking for their partner right now, their significant other. And, um, you know, when we're threatened with our mortality, we tend to kind of reorder our, our lives and choose different priorities and align our lives in a different way. And so a lot of people are doing that right now. So in that way, yes, it's a really great time to date. So do you think that, I mean, I feel like I might know the answer to this one too, that, you know, obviously when the pandemic hit or if we're still in it, I don't even know anymore. I haven't kept up. No. <laughs> but, uh, uh, that, um, you know, people start to reevaluate their lives and reevaluate, you know, what they've been doing over the past few years and days. And they started to think about, you know, I, the reason I got with my significant other was because of mate value and that, you know, he was the captain of the f- football team and I was a cheerleader, captain to the cheerleader. But over time, you know, with life and everything, you know, we'll say Susie became a, you know, a complete medical doctor, expert in her field or whatever, but captain of the football team peaked in high school and just slowly just started to work in, you know, a regular nine to five, didn't really grow as a person mm-hmm. and just became, I guess, stagnant with his life and was fine with it. And that was, and that caused an issue there that was like, Ooh, well, I really do like mate value and assess that, you know, like you said, like my worth and what I want in life. And this was not what I wanted. And this is what I, one of the good things that may have came out of the pandemic because didn't divorce rates and, Stuff kind of go up a little bit. Yes, very much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're but, already high. <laughs> and yeah, they yeah, that's true. But they just, I think it's just, you know, they put a mate value. And I guess we were kind of touching on it earlier that, oh, they're, we're in 18 years old, but this is what we think we want right now. But then we find out, like I said earlier, I'm not five, the same person five years ago or 10 years ago. Yeah. So, and that causes issues. And then they're like, well, they have to reevaluate their whole, I guess, dating lifestyle 
Right. Because those two people that you described have different values. Sure. Right. One is a growth mindset. And you clearly do, because if you're not the same person you were five years ago, nor 10 years ago, you must as well. And so how important it is for you to find a partner who has a growth mindset too. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you got to have that, you know, and I just like, we're talking about being open-minded and stuff and just, I don't like not learning, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I used to hate it. I, you know, I used to, if you asked me in college, I was like, no, screw college. You know, I, I was just there mm-hmm. for the good times. Uh-huh. Like literally just say, what are we doing Thursday night? And who cares about uh-huh. anything else? And I was not looking forward to uh, my future. But then, you know, through life and everything, just, you know, I think I was two or three years out of college. A lot of people were moving on with their lives and I was not doing anything. I was like, yeah, well, maybe I should have been doing some other things with my life other than just worrying about, you know, who's who's bringing the beer over Friday and Saturday night. <laughs> but, um. But yeah, that's when I learned is like, you know, then I got into, I guess, reading more and then learning what other people were doing in their lives and just learning the, hey, you know, there's a different life out there. I mean, you don't have to always stay on a certain path. If you veer off a little bit, you know, and you have a bad experience, you need that. And that's fine. Some people need humility in their life. And I'm one of those people, you know, even if I have a bad podcast, you know, I learn from my mistakes and, you know, on the next one. And, and I'm very... I could be stubborn like that, I guess, if that's what you want to say, just because that's how I learned to grow as a person that I feel like I do make mistakes and that I need to go down these certain roads and challenge myself, whether it be through relationships and dating or bad podcast or whatever like that. I'm, that's kind of a rant too, I guess. But yeah, I mean, that's when I learned, I was like, Hey, I actually like growing. I like learning. I like knowing stuff about me and about the world and not always thinking that, you know, fact A is better than fact B and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like yeah. I need that. So for you, that would be really important, right? In the prior scenario that you described, um, the nine to fiver um, shouldn't be with someone with a growth mindset, probably. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I mean, if that's, yeah, if if you're happy with that and you're like, that's my main thing. If you're not hurting yourself, if you're not hurting anybody around you and you're happy, you're happy and healthy, go for it. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm not anybody to be, telling anybody how to live their life, but I'm just saying what I like. And that's, yeah, that's just, that's all it is. Yeah. So if that's what your thing and you're happy, go for it. Yeah. So anybody out there is listening. Yeah. Don't think I'm just, you know, <laughs> shitting on them by any means, but I want to, I want to take it back just because of what we were talking about with geographic locations and, you know, talking with my friends over dinner and stuff, you know, just, but you know, I mean, do you urge people to use dating apps and, or is it just, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, nothing wrong with dating apps. Um, I get the question often, um, do dating apps work? And, you know, I think of it as kind of a directory, if you will. Um, It's how we work dating apps. It's not do dating apps work. And so a lot of people don't know how to work dating apps or do it in a very effective way. Um, There's a lot of frustration out there, a lot of dating fatigue going on. And there's a lot of confusion and frustration. Um, And so a lot of the work that I do is really helping people date in an effective way so that they can find and keep the partner of their dreams. One, to figure out who their ideal partner is, because most don't know where the target is. And it's hard to hit the target if we don't haven't defined it yet. Um, That's one of my gifts is really clearly seeing who your ideal partner should be. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fun for me. Um, and, and 
easy, <laughs> easy for me. Sure. Um, so yeah. And once that's really clear, it's not so hard to manifest it from there. Um, you just wrap some strategy around brand my clients in a certain way and uh, go from there. And really, you know, I think who we're socialized to be as men and women, we weren't socialized to actually have successful, healthy relationships. Hmm. We weren't. Um, and so that's a lot of the problem. I was a sociology major in, in college. Okay. Um, that's one of the biggest problems is that we weren't set up for success and who the world told women to be and who the world tells men to be um, doesn't make us healthy, effective, happy partners long-term. And so a lot of the work that I do is helping people be more effective in getting what they want out of love, out of life, out of their partner, um, and helping them show up fully in a way where they can be received in a different way so that they can co-create the relationship that they really, really want. You know, I just want to say that, you know, I kind of, I believe what you using dating apps as directory, but I, I usually say it as like, you know, if you give somebody, I use this, I, if you use them, use them as a tool that if you give somebody a, a hammer, somebody can build a house with it, or they can just go punch themselves in the, or hit themselves in the knee with it. It's but, a tool. Exactly. It's not unlike, you know, the yellow pages back in the day. <laughs> you know, would anyone say the yellow pages don't work? Well, no, it's, it's what you do with it, you know? So yeah, dating apps are a tool and we often need to need to learn a better way to navigate modern dating and apps are part of modern dating. And then you add a pandemic on top and people are just really lost, you know, about how to, how to navigate the whole thing. But, but you just said that you don't think you learned in college that people are not set up for dating success or love success. That's what you learned. Is that? Well, I didn't learn it then, but as I've, you know, I've been doing this work for eight years now yeah. and now I clearly see after creating my masterclass, like I used to think, you know, this masterclass is going to help a lot of people. But after um, having, you know, dozens of people go through it, um, now I think everyone can benefit from it because we're not set up for success. We're not taught how to do love, how to date effectively. It's just, where do we learn that? It's just trial and error. And yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, and I mean, I personally had that same experience. So it's not just my professional journey, but it was also my personal journey. You know, I had some wonderful men in my life. I had some not so wonderful men in my life. And after the last of the latter, um, I drew a line in the sand and I changed how I navigated dating. And after eight months, um, my husband and I started dating and we've been together ever since eight and a half years now. Perhaps. And the work that I did on myself in those eight months is what my masterclass is. It's all about how to prepare for love because most of us don't even think we need to. Um, we just think we need just the right partner, but we forget that we need to be the right partner in order to attract the right partner and to keep, right? Yeah. Not so great if we meet them, but we want to keep them. And um, yeah, so all the work that I did on myself, I now created a class for it. And um, yeah, it's amazing. Now there's a proven path, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And I had this thought, and I, I hopefully I'll remember my other question that I just had, but um, 
you know, I was thinking about my past relationships too before this podcast and just kind of giving myself talking points. But do you think, I wanted to ask, do you think that, you know, one partner invests more into the relationship as far as emotionally, physically, mentally than the other partner at, at most times, in more cases than none, I guess? It, it could happen that way. It, it happens that way a lot. Um, I think what's important there is that you set the precedent from day one for the relationship that you really want. And part of that is getting clear on what you want so that you can start it. Because it's really hard to change the dynamics five years in, right? Everybody's kind of set in their ways. This is how we do things. Oh. It's really hard to change it down the road. It's not so hard to start right. And <clears throat> when you know how to start right. And so I help people set a healthy precedent from day one. Do you think, yeah, I mean, I think it's part of it that you have to have those precedents day one in order, like, I guess, you know, we kind of re re reiterate this, but of what you want, what you're, what you're looking for and stuff. And that way it's out there all on the table. I mean, I'm a believer in like communication and, you know, not trying not to hide anything because, you know, you, you, you know, I think a lot of people do like to wonder or want to know what, you know, their significant other, their partner, whoever is, what they're thinking, you know? And I mean, I could be a superpower or whatever. I mean, or it could be, a, you know, double-edged sword, but yeah. Um, I, th I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if that's what causes, you know, not only just like financial issues and social media causing issues and hurt or hurts a relationship, but just that there's not enough communication and like putting everything out there that, you know, you won't said or what. And I'm not saying you have to be full transparent. I mean, I think it's kind of situational, but, um, but I think, I guess my point is that it's a very positive thing to do is, you know, set that precedent day one and mm -hmm. not lay your whole cards out the table, but Hey, this is kind of what I'm expecting. And again, you don't waste X amount of time. Yes. Yes. You know, I tell my clients a lot, like who you say no to is just as important as who you say yes to. Because the number one reason that people don't find their soulmates is because they settle. Yeah. yeah right. And so they go their whole lives and they settle and they think it's the best that they can get mm -hmm. and they make the most of it and they're marginally happy. And, you know, but I don't think that's what was meant for us to live marginal lives. You know, uh, I'm not going to say the person's name on air or who they were, but I mean, they were a family member, but I might tell you off the air, <laughs> but uh, that was one thing that, you know, we were talking and I forgot exactly how we got into conversation, but you know, basically they were complaining about their partner and stuff. And I was like, well, don't just get rid of it. You know, why are you doing this to yourself? If it's that bad, you don't like it. If it's going down a road, you don't like, I mean, stop investing this much time with it and find, you know, know your worth, find something better. And then they used the argument, well, it's better than being alone. It's like, uh, I don't know if I, I mean, I don't think I would say that. I mean, I think I understand what, you know, they were saying at the time and why, but it's just like, no, I don't, you're just, you're hurting yourself. You know, then you're going down a dark, the dark arts, I guess you could say mentally and physically. And I was like, and that was one thing when I, that person told me that I was like, I never want to be that person just to, mm -hmm. just to settle just because I was like, I don't want to have that. I was like, that's not the way I, I mean, I don't know a lot about love and I don't know, maybe I don't even know what love is, but I was like, that's not, that's not it right there though. Yeah. That's a common, common thought, you know, um, that being settling in a relationship is better than being alone. Um, a lot of serial monogamists fear being alone 
Mm-hmm. I used to be one of them. Oh. And um, so, yeah, you know, what needs to happen there is, you know, the most important relationship that we ever have is with ourselves. And um, so we got to get okay with being with us. Because if we don't, then we just pick the next best relationship and not the right relationship, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then we just continue to settle. But when we're okay being alone, then we can, we won't pick the next best thing to save ourselves from being with ourselves, right? So really important to get comfortable and to find a way to get comfortable being alone because otherwise we make poor choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think alone, be, or I think, all right, so I wanted to say this, that saying no is a huge power and very powerful and that learning to be okay with being alone and not, you know, saying don't always, you have to be alone, but learning to say there's well, times you'll be alone. And that's one thing I've learned is that you got to be okay with it. And yeah. that's perfectly okay. And that there's something powerful in, you know, walking alone and, you know, mm-hmm. taking that path by yourself, rather than just saying, oh, I need somebody to hold my hand down this road. And that, you know, you learn a lot about yourself and you learn what you like and what you don't like. And, and I get it, you know, some people are scared of it. They don't, they don't like it, but, you got to yeah. at least learn to break that wall down in some fashion. And I'm not saying go out there and, you know, go crazy, but take small steps to get there to where I have a goal in mind, like you said earlier, and get to where you want to be and yeah, out about yourself. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And who you become in the process of finding your ideal partner will only serve to make your relationship better once you're together, you know, and there's times in relationships when you're alone, you know, and so you got to kind of master that skill, ideally, before you find your partner. I agree. But I want to be respectful of your time. And, mm-hmm. but, um, and I know we're getting kind of close. So, uh, you know, when, last question, I guess, that when creating – actually, I got two more questions. The last one's kind of really not re- related. But so when creating your master class and, you know, doing your work, I mean, does, do you feel that you have to always be on top of, like, trends and dating and learn – new things and like reading books to stay like, you know, what five love languages and like, you know, always like learning and keeping staying on top of your game. And if so, like, I mean, is that what you're doing? Just constantly reading and checking out what's out there on. Yeah. Good question. I've never been asked that before. Um, There's, there's, you know, it seems like there's always um, new terminology that is being created um, to describe, you know, different dating scenarios. And so people are always asking me about the newest term and things like that. So to some extent, maybe, um, I love learning more about love, dating and relationships. I mean, it's just my niche and my wheelhouse and it's my passion, um, to help expedite people's path to love. That's what I do. And, um, it's my calling, you know, is honestly how I feel about it. Um, but I also leave time and space in my days so that, um, because I've come to find that I'm a thought leader as well. And so I want to leave time and space for all that is kind of coming to and through me so that I can share that with the world too. I like that. Yeah. I I just actually found or somebody else was telling me about being a thought leader and that kind of resonated with me a little bit. So when we have future time i'd like to sit down with you and we'll talk about that but this is the last question it's completely unrelated and you're the only person i think i've ever met that lives in san francisco and is it true that there's a map or some kind of virtual map that um where the homeless population is so big that it actually shows like how much shit's covered in the streets like is that true 
<laughs> I mean, is that really an issue in San Francisco is from the homeless population that people were just. Um, there is a big homeless population for sure. Uh, and it's actually moving towards the suburbs um, in greater um, numbers, especially in recent years. I haven't heard that exact thing. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> but I hope it's not true. I feel like it's on podcast, <laughs> and I don't know if they were just making it up or whatever, but I was like, I so. who would do that? Who would take the time to sit there and mark out like all of that onto a map? But who knows? I mean, there's probably stranger things. But anyway, mm-hmm. if people um, want to find you, find your services, all that good stuff, um, yeah. if you want to plug any of that, feel free okay. to yeah, you can find me at my website, which is findloveatlast.com. And I also have a Facebook group for single men and women um, where I inspire you on your path to love and help you expedite it. Um, it's called Conscious Singles from Single to Soulmate. And you can find me in one of those two places. That's great. Well, thank you for being here again. This was this is what I needed. You know, I got a little, some insights and what I wanted. This is what I wanted. So um, anything else you want to say, say we hop off here? Just um, thank you so much for having me. It was a very enjoyable hour. And yeah, look forward to hearing from your guests. Great, great. All right, everybody. Good news and good night. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.